My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shack House is brought to you by Callaway Golf, who asks you if you want to be the first to test new products. Head on over to callawaygolf.com slash community and sign up for their Callaway community. House, you've signed up, right? I signed up. I'm in there. Beautiful. So learn about new products, chat with your fellow equipment junkies and house. There's even a thread going up about this podcast. That's CallawayGolf.com slash community. As always, thanks to Callaway Golf for their support of Shack House. Let's go to the Shack House. House. Hey, Shaq. You're back from the Quicken Loans, the Quickie. How was it? It was was incredible. Uh... Incredible because the result was such a cool story. Um, the the Billy Hurley story that's been um, now uh, told here in the Washington, D.C. area a few times over. And I think it made some of the national news. I saw it on ESPN sun- Sunday night. Um, a local guy from Annapolis here in uh, Maryland who um, lost his dad last year um, and, you know, under some pretty trying circumstances. And, you know, has been kind of on the outs- outer fringes, uh, you know, all season long. Not a lot of um, made cuts. And also, you know, even when he's made the cut, he hasn't played particularly well. This week, timing-wise, starts to coincide with um, the timing for when he lost his dad. And he, he played a course here at Congressional. Um, that is a place that's obviously very comfortable for him. He's performed well before. And, you know, he, he was uh, locked in all week long. Um, I went Thursday, uh, I'm sorry, Saturday. I went all day Saturday um, and particularly walked the entire 18 holes with a second-year player named Mark Hubbard. I'm close with uh, Mark's family. So I walked the course, all 18 holes, um, with, with Mark and his family and uh, Mark happened to be paired with Ricky Fowler on Saturday, which I think was kind of the headline um, twosome for the day, at least by, by the size of the crowds. Um, it was not an inside-the-ropes experience because it was Saturday and, and TV was, was there and the crowds were, were good size. But I was along the ropes um, and had excellent sight lines for the entire 18. So in the first place, Congressional is a terrific place to go watch a golf tournament. It's a huge piece of property. Um, you can, with just a little bit of strategy, um, get yourself um, great sight lines. They have um, all of the sort of walkways, pathways, logistics all mapped out. The only place there's any kind of uh, traffic jam at all is at 10, where it's just a par three, and there's a single walkway there where folks tend to get congested. But the, they have charging stations. They have uh, um, you know all of the um, beverage and food stands. And they even did a cool thing in like the um, 1112 
area um they had some food trucks in there which is you know uh, a very big yeah. thing here in the dmv but i walked the 18 watching uh mark hubbard one thing that's that 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 um really stood out um ricky fowler hits the hell out of the golf ball now he, <laughs> he was all over the place on saturday and to his credit um he, he dropped a couple, and I'm talking about Ricky, and then battled all the way back to even on the day before he got to 16, and then he dropped a shot on 16 and, and a shot on 18. But boy, oh boy, does a little guy like that. So he's not that big a guy stature-wise. I'm 6'3", no. around, let's say, 200 pounds, and, and Ricky is much smaller than me. Um, but goodness gracious, does he annihilate the golf ball. So it was a wonderful day. Congressional is always up to the task for hosting a tournament. The local guy came through. The the, the um, gallery was excellent for the local guy and also excellent for the Ricky group. A lot of Ricky Fowler fans and a lot of Mark Hubbard fans out there, too. Homeless Hubs, at Homeless Hubs on Twitter. A lot of Homeless Hubs cheers um, going up out there. So it was very cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And um of course, everybody wants to know how, how many grown men were dressed like Ricky following Ricky. That's always one of the more disturbing uh, sights of the golf tournament. I, I, I would say I wouldn't. I don't know that I would call anybody that that went big on color um, grown men. They were sort of half grown men, you know. Yeah, some, well, some yeah. Uh, some of the young fellas, <laughs> some of the bros in like their um, late teens, early twenties. Um, rocking a little bit of a Ricky look, but nobody went kind of full Ricky. Uh, okay. There was a okay. lot of uh, nobody's afraid of color anymore and, or patterns. No, no. Um, and there was a no, healthy mean, amount of puma wear out there. But yeah, I'm referring to the the perfectly scripted Ricky all orange outfit. I saw one on Thursday on the telecast, and I think that trend is dying finally. But it is always a little bit of a concern when you see a grown man dressed uh like ricky in the full regalia the, the 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 flat brim the white belt the all orange it's it's great when the kids do it but uh oof, late teens early 20s is kind of the cutoff i would think anyway well i'm glad to hear it was a good experience you feel like the event's well run that's the tiger woods foundation they're going to be taking over the la event here so we're anxious to see what they do with it and how they make it a, a fun event to go to and how they promote it. I mean, do you feel like it was well promoted in the area? Cause that's one of the things that the tour struggles with at so many of these events. Now I feel they don't, they don't quite do uh, the local promotion as well as you'd hope and get the word out that it's sort of a community event. So the tour um, with the, the able and competent assistance of the Tiger Woods foundation um, do a very good job of promoting it because over the last handful of years it has tended to fall around the same time on the calendar and it has, oh, okay. um, they, you know, they, they're not rotating, they haven't been rotating, you know, they played at RTJ last year, Robert Trent Jones out in Virginia, um, but it's, it's mainly been at Congressional the last handful of years and so it was... Um, pretty well attended. Saturday was was I've yeah. been to the open yeah, at Congressional both ninety seven and um, two thousand eleven, and Saturday it wasn't quite up to open level crowds, obviously, but still it was you know you had to be strategic walking with the Ricky uh, Fowler Mark Hubbard group um, about wh where you were going to get your sight lines from. It was a it was a it was a healthy crowd. Well, that's good to hear because, yeah, I know I look great, came across great on TV. And, and like you said, I mean, the, the story is so unbelievable that if you tried to, to pitch it here in Hollywood, they just laugh at you. And, and uh, I was just so impressed with how he handled himself down the stretch. And then, I mean, it was one of the best tour events of the year because you, not only do you have Billy Hurley dealing with what he's dealing with and his career is essentially on the line at this point and he's been struggling and then you, you throw in 53 year old VJ and Ernie Els is back from the yips uh, and then John Rom, this young stud who's just uh, everybody's been expecting this uh, to, to happen when he turns pro and in the first event he's just right there in, in the hunt it was it was just great I mean to me that's why this week's event at Firestone is is the worst event on the tour because you see last week what having a full field, having by the way two sponsors invites uh, in Rahman and uh, Billy Hurley who now 
both contended and uh, also will be going to the Open Championship as a result of their great play. But you see what having a full field can do when it when it all clicks. You know, it doesn't happen every week. It doesn't come to fruition the way you'd hope. But there's this uh, wild leaderboard of all, uh, guys of all different ages and playing styles and points in their career. And then we go to the WGC in Akron this week where it's uh, 60, I believe, of the 76 who are exempt, $50,000 to show up essentially and finish four rounds. Actually, you don't even have to finish the four rounds. They usually pay the, the uh, last place money even <laughs> when people don't finish. It's just, it's, just uh, it's, it's a good contrast, I think, for people to see the, that what happens when you don't have a full field and you, um, you just kind of have this cash grab. And uh, it falls in a bad spot on the schedule. Other than that, I'm really excited about the WGC Bridgestone this week. How about you, House? <laughs> so you, it sounds like your complaint, um, in in some respect, runs to the the concept of the World Golf Championship. Um, what 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 do you take issue with in terms of this this kind of uh, format? Well, the limited field means you have. Uh, we just always see in limited field events you tend to have a few close finishes. There are a lot of runaways and there's just the, there's no cut. So there's this air of just show up, take your money, take your world ranking points. You know, there's this club essentially where once you get in the top 50, you just guarantee yourself about 350 grand and, and a set number of world ranking points just for, for uh, kind of having a pulse and showing up at those events. And that's why they are well attended. But they're just kind of a, to me, a drag on the schedule when they don't have the match play being the exception because the match play has this great format. Um, Doral, the WGC there at least worked because it was in the Florida swing and the build up to the Masters, and it was an important way to get a lot of big names together. Um, and the match plays to me just different because it has a different format. And this was just, it's just stroke play and. Uh, show up and and uh, play four rounds at Firestone, which is not exactly the most thrilling course on television. It has produced some good finishes, but generally it's pretty dull. And it it is the format, and it's, and it's, and I say this, of course, the Olympic golf format is essentially a WGC format as well. Sixty players and yeah, and so about that, that's 30, funny. I was going to make the same hard. point in in. Uh, um, in the set, we we saw the news. I saw the news today that Jason Day bowed out of the Olympics. The um, analogy to me between a WGC event like like this one um, and the Olympics, you know, both are kind of made for TV events that now have to me kind of a complete uh, sort of corporate air, corporate governance aspect to them. Um, What was your take on Jason Day dropping out? House, before we talk about this uh, debacle in Rio. Let's talk about our sponsors this week. We have a couple of great friends, of course, at Callaway. They've always been so supportive here of the, of the show. Uh, and right now they have some fantastic content online. It's a golf club junkie's dream to walk into Arnold Palmer's workshop in Latrobe. It's a walk through the history of golf. There's no collection on earth like it. Just the putters and drivers alone would blow most people's minds. So thanks to our friends at Callaway who now have a virtual tour of Arnold Palmer's office workshop and warehouse up online. This interactive tour is full of amazing photography, fun stories about incredible items from uh, Mr. Palmer's life in golf. Hashtag Chad and AJ Vopel. They got this great behind the scenes tour with Doc Giffen. Uh, the King's longtime sidekick. Uh, so I'll put it in the show notes at jeffshackelford.com or you can seek it out at Callaway Golf's Facebook page. It's really worth watching. It's about 45 minutes long, the, uh, uh, the, the tour, and it's, uh, there's also some other great stuff from the, the, the visit. And uh, you won't want to miss it if you're a fan of, of golf history, the King, all that good stuff. And also a word from our friends yeah. at Ministry of Supply House. Oh, wait, you had something to say before we left the King. Yeah, all I was going to say is I went ahead and and went through. I watched that video. I I can't believe how much stuff he's collected. What a what a he's an original hoarder, I guess. Of, he's a, there's of, a little hoarding. Um, golf paraphernalia, a hoarding, but it's good hoarding. But it's totally it's proper. Hoarding. Yeah, it's it was hoarding in the search of perfection. That's all. He just wanted to you know try every driver and putter known to man, and and that's why we love him. Uh, so anyway, our, our uh, house, our friends at Ministry of Supply uh, would also like to, uh, to say a word this week, and they are really, really an impressive group. Uh, 
Um, you know, as humans, we sweat, but uh, very rarely does the sweating take place at convenient times. So while our gym clothes can handle it, the clothes we wear a majority of the day, every day, they don't really do much to help. So they only add to the problem. They're stiff. They're restricting. They're no fun to wear. And Ministry of Supply has set out to fix this. And I can attest, having worn a bunch of their stuff at Steamy Oakmont, uh, it absolutely works as advertised. The brand combines performance technology and tailored design to create men's workwear that's as comfortable as it is capable. Uh, dress shirts and slacks that wick sweat, breathe, stretch with your movements. I wore the aviator suit, uh, excuse me, the aviator two suit, uh, which I took to Oakmont. It's stretchy, breathable. People have run marathons in it. I, uh, I ran from the media shuttle to the media center in it. Probably not quite a marathon, but even on days in the high 80s, I couldn't believe how comfortable it was. The Apollo dress shirt has NASA invented fibers that regulate body temperature based on your surroundings. Uh, I think it's the perfect shirt to wear on a plane or to have uh, just in case you need to throw a tie on. And uh, that's the Apollo dress shirt. Highly recommend. So uh, visit Ministry of Supply slash Shack House and get 15% off your first purchase using code Shack House 15. That's Shack House. 15 or visit one of their stores in Boston, San Francisco and coming soon Washington DC. We thank our friends at Ministry of Supply. Great stuff. Check it out. That's Shack House 15. All right, House. The Olympic golf. You touched on it. We're going to get into it with our guest today, Henrik Stenson. But um I just feel like this is a becoming a dark day for men's golf, especially as none of the women have pulled out of the Olympics and uh we've now lost the Jason Day and Shane Lowry who uh, was a 54-hole leader at the U.S. Open. And I have this sense that this is going to really, really be an embarrassment for the sport now because athletes in other sports are not pulling out of the Olympic Games because of the Zika virus. And female golfers who probably are uh, have more to lose than male golfers are sticking with the games and it's just to me it's a moment where we're starting to have people look at golf and say well it doesn't belong in the olympics these guys are soft they're rich they're spoiled and um i uh i'm not very happy about it i'm gonna try and defend them a little bit i'm gonna see how let's see how i do so you we've we each week now over the past i would say three weeks at least we've had a new pronouncement a new news story from some person in the government down there um, in Rio in Brazil expressing consternation frustration alarm around the fitness of the city to host the games they're expressing concern around logistics they're expressing concern around safety they're expressing concern around conditions uh, and and the one thing I keep seeing is is you know this water quality issue. If I am a guy like um, many of the guys who have dropped out with uh, this highly compressed schedule on on tour this season to accommodate uh, you know all, all the events that have been crammed in um, and. I have any concerns whatsoever as a you know you know relatively young guy. Most of the guys that have dropped out um, are guys either late you know in their twenties or, or I guess there's been a few in their early thirties. Uh, Schwartzel and and Usti are both uh, early to mid thirties. Um, yep. Wh- what exactly is the incentive for me to go down there? And by the way, the format is a stroke play event. It's not. Uh, a way for me to play with a, a fellow countryman and really, um, you know, show some patriotism through a team concept. It's it's me playing in a stroke event, like all the stroke events that I play through the course of a year. So, what exactly well, is, is yeah. am I doing this for? Yeah, and nobody when they created the format, which most of us didn't really like, could have seen this coming. Where a team format would have probably forced some players to play because they wouldn't want to be letting down their, their teammates if they were three-person teams or two-person teams. Um, so that element of it, nobody could have seen coming. But the format now doesn't help also just because it um, it doesn't inspire a whole lot. On the other hand, it, it should free the, them up as individuals to, to just go down there and worry about their own game and not be burdened. So there are a lot of different ways to look at it that way. I, I just... 
I don't uh, look, nobody working at the golf course has gotten the Zika virus. Um, yes, the security is not great. I had a very good chat with the gentleman who handles the, the golf media for, for the Olympics. Uh, he was working at the U S open at Oakmont and he made me feel very good about it. He's from, from Denver and has been living down there now for a few months and has, uh, has had no real issues and is, uh, very excited about the way the whole thing's going to work and the golf course and the look of it and the feel of it and getting to the course and all that. It's going to be pretty much like a normal tour event. Um, so I guess I'm just more on the big picture view of, of here, here you have all, all the women ready to play and the men aren't. And, and ultimately I just think they're using a lot of them. The Zika virus is, is an excuse because the schedule is too congested and they're about winning major championships and an Olympic golf is just not a priority in that. That's just not going to send a great message. That said, I think when they watch the games and they see it all play out, I think a lot of them are going to regret it, especially Rory McIlroy. Uh, I don't know about Jason Day, but definitely Rory McIlroy. Day seemed very conflicted today in his press conference. We're recording this on Tuesday and he's, He's just announced that he's not playing, and he he, he 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 certainly didn't act like somebody. He didn't act like a spoiled golf pro who just is uh, has too many options for playing. He really did seem like somebody who was very torn by his decision and and does take his responsibility as a top player seriously. Um, We're going to root for the very best um, tournament possible and root for a great outcome and and real competition and drama, and hopefully what you're describing in terms of that uh, effect of, of inspiring the guys who missed out to go, to go make an appearance in 2020 um, will we'll, uh, follow through. The one thing I would say... Also, in terms of, you know, the idea of, of whether or not it's going to have any effect um, on, on growing the game. You know, tennis has been in the Olympics since 1988. Other than yeah. Andy Murray, can you name any other gold medalist tennis player? No, no, no. That was the only right. memorable right. finish, yeah. Yeah, because and it was yeah, because no. he was in his home home country. So, right, you know, I, I, n- not that golf and tennis are perfect equivalents, um, but I'm not so sure that uh, it will have a, you know a really dramatic impact in terms of um, a missed opportunity by not having um, the very tippy top guys. And maybe you know um, the 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 batch of excellent guys we get, uh, even if they're not top, top, top guys, will be sufficient and we'll get good drama out of it and the course will um, acquit itself the way that, that we're all expecting and it'll be very cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting week. I think we may get a few more names and then we'll, we, they can only drop out for so much longer. That's the good news. <laughs> it's not that far off. Um, anyway, we uh, do have good news, though, in the form of our guest today, uh, Henrik Stenson is uh, absolutely all in on Olympic golf, and uh, I think you'll enjoy the chat that uh, we had just a little while ago. But uh, before we get to Henrik, we have to uh, say a little word for our, our friends at the uh, the Trunk Club House. Uh, and I think you uh, you made a little Trunk Club visit to the uh, – is there a D.C. Bureau? There is. There's a, there's a nice D.C. showroom. I had an awesome time. I made an appointment, went down there, sat on the fine leather couches, had my beverage of choice. I'm not going to tell no. you what it was, but it might have been oh, brown. On. And um, <laughs> had a nice discussion about what I like and, you know – um, had, sat with my stylist. The uh, the the ease with which this whole appointment was created. You go online, express a few preferences, and I wanted to go meet this meet my stylist in person. You don't have to do that, and I know that that you'll say a few words about how easy the process is. But my experience was, uh, you know, I had a great chat. We had a it was like a you know sort of forty five minutes to an hour. Saw lots of options. Got sized up, and I'm gonna have a couple shirts. Uh, uh, to add to my wardrobe here in a couple weeks. Very, very fun experience. 
Nice, yeah. All right, well, so let's just uh, explain how it works. With Trunk Club, you don't ever have to set foot in a store like House just did, but it is a pretty great thing if they uh, have one of their locations in your city. Uh, all you have to do is get uh, go online. You get a stylus for free. There's no subscription model forcing you to buy on a monthly basis. Trunk Club makes it easy to look uh, your best in clothes that fit you perfectly, handpicked by your personal stylist after those uh, few questions you answer. Uh, I visited the LA headquarters, see for myself, was blown away by the quality of the brands they use um, they put together in a trunk uh, and mail it to you you get to pick what you want to keep send back what you don't want again there's no monthly model uh, it's really really good stuff and uh, I just I, I think it's not only just a great model if you don't like shopping and you want to spend your beautiful summer days out enjoying the summer and letting somebody else do the the, uh, the dirty work of making the decisions it's also an, a phenomenal gift uh, if you know somebody who uh, needs a little style help uh, you can just send them a uh, go on to their uh, trunkclub.com website and uh, give them a gift card really really clever cool way to give a gift as well so uh, go to trunkclub.com slash house you just type in your measurements share your likes and dislikes and you get your own personal stylist you have a little message session um, and it's all very easy they're not pushy uh, and they're classy i mean you should have seen this outfit uh, the operation in la is so so cool they just moved into new headquarters and all the stylists are styling at work uh, so they'll pick your clothes from over 80 top brands ship them right to your door and uh, that one-on-one -on -one relationship without all the haggling and the monthly uh, uh, obligation just makes it such a cool thing to uh, a relaxing fun way to shop for clothes without a whole lot of work it's backed by nordstrom which means they have the highest standards and quality and customer service uh, and again you just keep what you like send back what you don't uh, it's just it's not just another shopping online experience your stylist takes the time to understand your look so if you live in Dallas, New York, L.A., Chicago, D.C., and I believe coming soon, Charleston, you can stop by one of the Trunk Club clubhouses to work with your stylist in person for free. Have a little cocktail on them. It's uh, it's just an awesome uh, company. I'm so impressed with uh, what they're trying to do. And uh, you get that 10 days to try on the clothes risk-free. So just go to trunkclub.com slash house. That's trunkclub.com slash house. And House, one more word from one more sponsor, our friends at SeatGeek. Yeah, our friends at SeatGeek. Um, everybody knows buying tickets online for sports and concerts is a confusing process and has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always hard to get the best deal for the game or show that you're wanting to go to. SeatGeek is different. It's the first place I, Joe House, go to when I need tickets to a game or concert. I have the app on my phone. I used it just a couple days ago because I'm very interested in this series between my Washington Nationals and the New York Mets. One thing I love about the SeatGeek app, um, always good baseball seats available. And I can pick yep. the seats that I want um, based on how easy the app is. Maybe I want to sit in the shade for this one because I know it's a, a mid-afternoon game and I know which side of the stadium um, gets the, the direct sun and, and which up the third baseline, uh, the sections I want to be in to be out of the sun. Sometimes I like to sit nice and close down low. I'm willing to pay that premium. SeatGeek facilitates all that. You never have to waste time checking prices on other ticket sites. They've already done all that. They've aggregated all the information, put, put it together so you don't miss a deal. They help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why all of the tickets are given a grade based on value. You immediately see underpriced seats. Best of all, Shack House listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate, my friends, download the free SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and enter promo code SHACK. That's S-H-A-C-K. SHACK. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase download the free seat geek app and enter promo code shack today beautiful yeah i used seat geek at uh, pnc park in pittsburgh house bought tickets about 45 minutes before the game it just could not have been easier we got great seats and the whole thing just uh you, you know it's just amazing how well their app works and just scan those tickets at the door and we had a great time and uh saw the uh the pirates and the cardinals on a beautiful summer's night in pittsburgh so uh with that we have to uh, get to our 
interview with Henrik Stenson, 10-time winner on the European Tour, just won last week the BMW International, setting himself up for a uh, another chance to win the Open Championship at Royal Troon. We talked to him about that. We talked to him about his win, the Olympics, uh, the Oakmont controversy. He's uh, he's just one of the more eloquent, interesting guys on uh, in, on the really on the planet in terms of professional golf. And uh, we hope you enjoy this chat with Henrik Stenson. Henrik, thank you for joining us. Uh, congratulations uh, on your first win in three years, the BMW International, which I believe is your 10th European Tour title. Um, where are you joining yeah. us from? Uh, I'm in uh, the middle of Copenhagen. I just uh, took the boat across with my family and some friends, and uh, we're going to go for some dinner. It's a nice day here in northern Europe. Pretty, pretty hot and uh, calm sea, so why not enjoy it? Congratulations! That's uh, sounds like a nice time of year to be over there. We know how it is. You've uh, you've managed your schedule, I think, very well to center on this point in the season. Is that a, a fair uh, assumption of looking at how you've done things and leading into the Open Championship? Yeah, I try. I know. I knew it was going to be a really busy summer, so I try to pace myself a little bit towards the end of the spring. And uh, yeah, from uh, from really the Swedish tournament, which was about three, four weeks ago, then it's non-stop up until the Ryder Cup. So it's going to be a lot of golf, a lot of traveling, a lot of big events. So, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully the plan will work out and we should stay pretty fresh uh, throughout the summer. And uh, I hope I can play some good golf as well. And it was nice to get that win last week in Germany. It's been, uh, I think, 18, 18 months since the last time. Not quite three years. That sounded a little long, but uh, I won at the end of end of 14. So, um yeah, it's it's been a while for sure. Now that win, uh, you've been dealing with some nagging injuries, uh, and I'm kind of curious, as you get to your 40s, you've always been a very fit golfer. You've been somebody who's always been willing to uh, try a lot of things to, to maximize your performance. Are you beginning to adjust uh, because of your age, or are you, are you ignoring the fact that you're – uh, a little bit older and continuing going ahead with your, your if normal I'm ignoring the fact uh, that I'm old, yeah, is that what you're trying yes. to say? Uh, <laughs> I, I guess you're not, you're not older than what you feel and what you look, right? So, uh, yeah, I still, I still feel I'm, I'm in, in pretty good, uh, pretty good shape, and uh, hopefully got another, I don't know, four or five good years ahead of me on the on the tour. But uh, of, of course, uh, it's a very, very. Uh, repetitive motion we do and it takes its toll on the body and I've had a couple of knee operations and you know everyone that plays a lot of golf and, and is out on tour a lot they, they all everyone kind of gets some some little issues if it's neck or back or wrist or whatever it might be and I mean I'm no I'm no different I got a few little little issues but uh, all in all I, I still consider myself pretty lucky in that sense I haven't more than the two uh, knee operations, I haven't had too many problems. And you're still considering yourself a player on who's who's playing schedules on both the European and PGA Tour. Yeah, I, I've done that for for a number of years, and uh, even though I try and you know make a schedule that that really suits suits my uh, uh, kind of my calendar and and uh, where my family is at and everything else, it's uh, it's still pretty tough to to keep it up and. And play a lot of events, and I had a couple of years where I played close to thirty tournaments, which is a little bit too much. And uh, you, you can do it if you only play thirty in Europe or thirty in the US, but to play uh, thirty on a world, worldwide schedule is uh, it's a bit much. So uh, these days I try to play around twenty-five, twenty-six. So you are off this week, then you play the Scottish at Castle Stewart. Um, the Open Championship at Troon. Can you just take us through those two golf courses a little bit? You've played Castle Stewart before. I don't know if you've played Troon. You did not play in the 2004 Open Championship there. No, um, no that's correct. Uh, no, I've got a similar setup now for, uh, or kind of prep as I had in 13, which worked out really well for me. I go and play Scottish Open as a lead up to, to the Open Championship and uh, Castle Stewart is a more of a resort link, so you get the feel of links, but it's not it's not killing you in terms of uh, hardness and and uh, the rough is kind of playable. It's not too much bunkering, and you know you you, you get a good good soft uh, 
kind of start up to to the links golf uh, rather than say high rough and deep bunkers and all the rest of it that you expect at the open. So uh, that works out well. I think that Phil is coming back doing the same setup again. And uh, Troon, I didn't play in 04, and I hear it's a pretty pretty tough one. I'm going there on Monday, Tuesday next week before I head to uh, to Castle Stewart to have a look at Troon as well. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Links golf is fun. It's uh, it's always a challenge, and uh, you can be quite creative with the game. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Have you subscribed, or did you subscribe, and maybe change your views on this idea that you can uh, play too much links golf? I think we saw a lot of players who believe that that too many weeks in a row of playing on links would mess up their swing or mess up their mindset. Uh, were you one of those players, and then? Shifted after your your uh, your Castle Stewart uh, Muirfield one two uh, punch there in 2013. Well, I, uh, I I think it's hard to go from kind of regular target golf straight into links. That's definitely uh, been the the way I've I've looked at it in the past, and and it's good to. I mean, there's two ways to go about it. You either probably played the Scottish Open then the week before if it, if it's at a Lynx course so, which back in the day at Loch Loma it wasn't so it didn't li- really make as much sense back then but now we're playing Lynx, uh, Lynx courses and uh, the other option would be to go either to Ireland or Scotland and just play some, some rounds Lynx golf practice get a feel for it in, in the lead up to the Open um, but I mean that that's about it I, I don't feel like I can spend a month trying to prepare for, for, for the Open. I think if you've got a good week before the tournament week, that, that's definitely enough. And uh, uh, like with anything, too much or not enough uh, is never going to be great. So uh, I, I think a week is probably probably the best. And you've had a lot of great finishes in the Open. What do you love about that championship uh, more than maybe any of the others? Well, I think it, uh, like I said, the the possibility to be creative uh, is not a, a right or a wrong on, on any shot, really. I mean, you can play it along the ground, you can you can flop it, you can play something halfway in between. There's always a lot of different ways to play a shot, and, and you just got to make up your mind and, and go with the one that you you feel is, is the most uh, uh, you know efficient at, at, for the time being. So there's many different ways to do it. I think it's... Uh, a lot of times it's been tough conditions. It's been windy um, and, and and just tricky conditions. And I've I made a lot of good, had a lot of good results, and, and played a lot of good tournaments during those conditions. So uh, um, it, it suits me pretty good. If uh, and and the harder it gets, I'm, I'm pretty sure with my long irons and uh, you know hitting finding fairways when I need to. So uh, uh, the tougher it gets, uh, the more it kind of plays into my hands as well. Um, all right, you've been very supportive of the Olympic golf movement, or, or you've at least expressed your desire to to play and uh, continue going ahead with that. Uh, are you still committed to the Olympics in Rio to represent Sweden? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been looking forward to that all along since I since I knew I was qualified, and I think it's going to be a fun experience. I've never been to an Olympic Games, and. Uh, um, you know that that whole part of it, and and then of course if I can play well and then hopefully bring at least a medal, but hopefully the best the best medal back that would be huge for myself and for my country. And uh, I think it's always a great honor to to represent your country. And, and uh, I've I've done some some good results for for Sweden. One managed to win the World Cup together with Robert Carlson back in '08. And uh, you know, it's just it's just fun to to represent your country, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to Rio. I know there's been some concerns with the virus, uh, the Zika virus, and and other things. So um, you know, I I can understand why why uh, some players look at it differently, but um, I'm 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 really looking forward to the to the experience, and and I'm a go ahead for sure. Do you think the had the format been something different uh, that that might force more or may have forced more players to uh, show up because they wouldn't be letting their, their team down? Or do you just think it's a, a one-off situation with the, the virus? Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to know. I mean, it's, it's the first time it's back. Uh, I, I, if I recall it rightly, uh, I, I think tennis struggled a little bit to get all the, all the highest, the ranked tennis players to go the first time mm-hmm. around and 
and then eventually kind of grew and got bigger and stronger as it, as it the time went on. So it, that that might be the case for us as well. That uh, you know you don't know what to expect the first time around, and then then it might be even even a stronger field the, the second time around. But um, you can always look at formats and and those kind of things. But at the same time, it's it's a format that we, that we know will work. I mean, four, four days of stroke play, individual. That's what we play most uh, most weeks. So you can't really go wrong with that. But I'm, I'm sure you can look at afterwards if there's some sort of a team aspect or a different format you can you can incorporate to make it more interesting or better or you know better for the viewers or whatever it might be. So I'm, I'm sure it will be analyzed afterwards and, and see if there needs to be, to be some tweaks going forward. But uh, I think you can never go wrong with with 72 all stroke play. Are you going to attend the opening ceremony, or is it too far in advance of the start of the golf? No, no, I, w- I want to do the whole thing. I'm a, like you rightfully mentioned earlier in in, in our chat there that I'm, I'm I've turned forty. I'm I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I'm, I, I don't know how many chances I'm going to have to to go to the Olympic Games. So I'm doing the full experience. I'm after the PGA. I'm going back home home to Orlando for a few days, and then traveling down on that Thursday night get into Rio on the Friday morning and then being part of the opening ceremony on the Friday, get a few days to find my bearings and do some light practice and watch some other venues. And then, uh, then it's uh, a normal, normal, normal week at the office from there on. So uh, I'm, I'm spending the good, a good 10 days down there in total. Uh, two other topics, and then we'll let you uh, go have your, your dinner. Uh, the Ryder Cup is another big part of your schedule this year, or, or in your plans. You're in pretty good shape right now. Um, where does that event fall now for you as you get a little bit older and, and you've just you've played in a few of them and you've been part of uh, the team element? Uh, is, it, uh, is, it, is it comparable to the major championships when you look at your, your schedule this year? Well, it's uh, it's definitely one of the highlights both of the year and in my career to to again you, you represent your country, your continent, and and you're part of a team. You you're trying so hard to to play your best for your teammates, and uh, it's just a wonderful experience. I, I love that week, uh, the atmosphere, the fans, uh, the camaraderie with with your teammates, and and the uh, and also I mean I got a lot of good friends on on the uh, on the US team. I play with uh, as most of the other European team members. We we play with the American players every week, uh, year in and year out, in the majors, in the World Golf Championships, on the PGA Tour, and other big events around the world. So I mean, we're all good friends, and uh, of course, you you want to beat your opponent in, in match play that week. Uh, uh, and and but it, but it's a it, it's a nice uh, it's a nice atmosphere between the players and and with the fans and. Uh, it, it's as, as much fun as I've had on a golf course playing in the Ryder Cup. Those matches are unbelievable, and, and I'm really looking forward to being part of that team again this uh, this fall. So the the Brexit news will not create uh, strife between the rest of Europe and the the English British players on the team. Come on, it has to create a little no, tension. I think, no, yeah. Uh, from from uh, <laughs> from that soccer result yesterday when when Iceland beat England. Uh, <laughs> Once they left European or on their way to leaving European Union, I think uh, they're going to be a colony to Iceland in the in the future. Here, they're, they're all kind of islands, and and uh, I, I guess they're gonna gonna implement the the Irish, uh, oh, sorry, the the Icelandic currency and so forth. So uh, it's all good there, I think. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Well, last thing uh, at the end on a on a, uh, a a total downer, but I have to ask you because everybody still here in the United States is talking about it. Uh, you were gone by the the the, uh, the events of the weekend at the U.S. Open, but um, uh, did you get to see any of the the uh, brouhaha that took place at Oakmont on Sunday with Dustin Johnson and? Uh, knowing that you played the golf course and knowing those greens the way uh, you probably got to know them over a couple of days, uh, did you have a, a sense of how that all played out and if it was the green speeds that ultimately were the, the problem? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it is almost hard to explain how quick and slick those greens were. Uh, the second round that I played was on, on the uh, Friday afternoon when they were sing- double cut and, and, and rolled. 
And I mean, I'm 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 not exaggerating when when uh, when I say you could sneeze at him from ten feet. You know, it was it was lightning, and and of course, when uh, it's that quick and and uh, you know slopey, then a ball can stop moving very easily. And uh, I mean, there, there's two things you can look at the rule, and 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 where do you draw the line for when the players deem to have made a ball move or not? Uh, uh, when you, when you're not making contact with the ball and it still moves, is that is that the player that had caused it, uh, and, and so on? But then I think, uh, and if I understand it correctly, the the USGA apologised for the for the way they handled the the matter. Uh, I would prefer it to be if if they review it, they should just come to a conclusion, and then then you need to have a debate whether are you going to tell a player on the course that they get penalised or. Are you going to wait until afterwards and kind of set a precedent for how you're going to handle those situations within all all of golf, really, when when you have those those situations occur? Um, so there there were a few different angles to that, and and uh, I'm just uh, very pleased to see that uh, that it didn't affect the uh, the outcome in the end, and and uh, that that Dustin was able to uh, to to win the championship regardless because he's had a couple of close calls and. We know the incident at the 2010 PGA, and and then um, you know the the way he he uh, finished off last year at Chambers Bay as well. So I was delighted for him to, to come through on that one. Was there much chatter last week at the BMW about the incident with the players? Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't too much talking. I mean, I saw some some of my colleagues put some some tweets and and. You know, post out there about it, and like I said, the USGA they felt afterwards that they they probably didn't handle that in in the best way. So uh, you know, you can if you feel like you make a mistake, you can only move forward on it and, and try and make it better going going forward. Uh, so um, you know, for me, it's kind of it's done and dusted, and then uh, we just got to try and try and make it better from there on. Well, Henry, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, enjoy your week off, and then uh, we'll see you at the uh, Aberdeen Asset Management Open in Cap- beautiful Castle Stewart at, uh, in Inverness, and then the Open Championship at Troon. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, we thank uh, Henrik Stenson again for uh, a lively chat on his week off, and uh, we look forward to seeing what he does at Castle Stewart in the Scottish Open next week and then in the uh, open championship patroon where he's got multiple top five finishes and where uh he will be uh, getting some of my wagering dollars uh when i get over there and my uh my my dollars are going to go a little bit uh, further this year house it's exciting oh i didn't even think about that jeff shackleford yeah. you, uh, you're going to be loaded up joe house is sending you some of his greenbacks we're going to put a lot of money on stenson i love him as a top 10 play for the open and maybe he's going to be inside the top five a couple top five performances by henrik yeah this is going to get exciting you're going over with a big bag of greenbacks loving loving this brexit baby all right, Speed Round uh, today is brought to us, as always, uh, by Callaway, who uh, bring you the XR driver, uh, the one that not that won not once this past weekend, but three times with he- Henrik Stenson in Europe, Ollie Snyder Jans on the Web.com Tour, and as she always seems to like to do, Lydia Ko on the LPGA Tour, another incredible win. Uh, she's just She's just uh, beyond. There are no yeah, words to describe win, what she's win, doing win, right win, now. Win, 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 win. That's really all of them. Yeah. All we do is win, 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 win. Yeah. Stenson uses the uh, the XR16 driver, nine degree. Also uses the three wood, which of course he's become uh, world famous for how well he's hitting the three wood. An uh, expert three woodsman. Yeah, Ollie with the uh, XR16 driver, the 10.5 with the uh, MRC Diamana Blue Board 70 TX shaft. He's also got that in the three wood, the 16 degree. And Lydia just uses the XR16 Pro, which is a little smaller head, 10.5, and uh, it's just uh, that's what I use and love it. It's uh, just the right size, really cool looking clubhouse. All right, so you play a little golf on Friday. Uh, you sent us a scripted outfit. And uh, your scripted bag is uh, quite impressive. Your color-coordinated uh, Apex Black Irons with uh, the whole red and I don't even remember what the other color, gray. Right. It, was, it was impressive. But those of us you sent the photo to have, have an issue with the white bell house. 
What, what's this the is an issue? Intervention. You're too old. What? <laughs> well, I that that's been going on for for twenty years. I've been too old for a lot of things. Wait, wait, wait! wait. You have what am I supposed to wear? I have these these wonderful white shoes. They're 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 they're. Uh, I'm not going to name a brand, but they're they're gentlemen's shoes. They're a nice wingtip style, all white, classic white golf shoes. What color belt am I supposed to wear with my delicious white shoes? Well. I, I they I get the, the the belt shoe coordination, but you do know the thirty four rule, right? Thirty four ways, thirty four years old. If you're if you're over either one of them, you can't wear the white belt. It's just I just think I think the white belt thing was a great trend. It was a fun, ironic play off of the old Johnny Miller look. But come on, it's past its time, has it not? It it has, and I have many outfits. I will say the outfit that uh, I I sent to you guys was not scripted. That was an off the shelf as I'm walking out the door, thinking about what I want to wear. It was a hot June day in the DMV, so I wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, I only play in pants um, as much for style as for I know that I'm going to be tromping around in the high grass, and I want to keep the yeah. critters off my legs. Um, okay. so, so I had a nice, uh, um, pant shirt combo, but I knew I was wearing the white shoes. The white belt was the easiest thing to grab on the way out. The one thing I will say, my bag is not necessarily scripted. I, I chose, um, you know, the, 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 uh, cho- the type of bag really just based on, um, the current Callaway color scheme, they're, they're featuring a lot of red, you hey, know, you basically because of the, the Big Bertha stuff. And so I just I went with something that was like a slight version of red is all I wanted for, 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 for my bag. No, no, I was complimenting it. It looked impressive. It, it just the um, I, I would just I'll just the intervention didn't go well. So I'll just say this. Talk to your trunk club stylist about the white belt and and see what uh, she <laughs> yeah, that's right. They do. Um, they do indeed do golf uh, style clothes out there at Trunk Trunk Club. Maybe uh, my my stylist Tasneem. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to sit down with her and work something out. But I will. I do want to talk a little bit about the performance. This is going to sound like a complete Uh-oh. like on the knees job for 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 Callaway. And there's already enough of that. I yeah. think in in, in our well, broadcast. But look, I was hitting these the Apex Blacks a full club length longer than what I'm accustomed to. And there's there's two reasons for it. One, uh, I was properly fit by our boy uh, uh, Corey Newman out at the um, Callaway Golf Performance Center uh, in Carlsbad, California. So a proper fitting by any professional, absolutely positively. So I'm able to be a little bit more upright because um, the clubs are the proper length for me. And I'm also kind of a one degree upright type of dude. But the other reason is because the blacks are hot. Let me repeat. The blacks are hot. (laughs) I mean, I'm hitting a little downwind seven iron on like a 160 yard hole it's a little breeze it's a little downhill for me that's a that's a that's a comfortable uh seven it's a half of a seven i hit it 175 yards i had to climb to the top of the hill behind the green to get out uh to to try a chapadopolis flopadopolis down onto the green which i pulled off by the way and then promptly missed the putt but uh the apex blacks it was the, the the nice smooth easy swing that I like to put on it. I'm not a guy that likes to get up there and take a wild whack at it. Um, I like to smooth it out. And these these uh, Apex Blacks were so hot. I mean, I went over the green four different times, but I will tell you, I was not angry once with, with any of that kind of performance. So it was a very, very fun day. And in fact, me and my partner won the day. Uh, I don't want to discuss any of, of our winnings because I don't want the IRS to be no. calling no, over no, here no. Um, to my to my residence. But uh, it was a, a wonderful uh, day, a wonderful experience. And a, the Apex Blacks, um, that's the first time I had them in, in the bag and put them to, to, to use. And I would say I put them to good use. Good. Now, the other topic I want to hit with you while you were playing this golf um, is the uh, the continued discussion about the Dustin Johnson situation. Uh, and I'm curious when you were you were around a bunch of golfers 
were people talking about it? Cause wherever I've gone since the U S open, that's all people still want to talk about. They don't understand it. They want to complain about it. They're mad. Uh, it's, it's fascinating to me to see this level of, of hostility and anger. Was it something that was kind of a, uh, while you guys were waiting for the green to clear kind of a discussion? It was more of like pre-round and post-round when when folks uh-huh. were congregated and congregating. Um, it definitely came up. Uh, it, there there seems to be a continued unanimity uh, around three themes. Um, what is the the point of that rule? Why was it in? I mean, we we get the technical aspects of why um, the rule exists. You know, any any. Uh, ball that moves must be accounted for everybody kind of gets that 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 idea um but a you know a slight oscillation like that remains confounding to us how that could lead to uh, a penalty stroke um the application of the rule um by way of you know the referee on the site inter coming coming to the green at dustin johnson's request and the two of them confabbing and resolving it seemingly there in the moment uh only for the usga um rules officials writ large to come uh, and essentially overrule what the player and the referee in the moment um, came up with there continues to be at least on my side of the the fence continued unanimity that it was it was bungled it was clumsy it was not resolved it remains unresolved and um something that leave continues to leave a bad taste in folks mouth yeah yeah and and it's almost gotten worse in that the rules community now is kind of uh dug in really and the story got more interesting when uh, two things happened slugger white mentioned uh he's the the uh, vp of rules and competitions on the tour along with mark russell there's two of them and slugger uh endorsed uh the decision and endorsed the idea to notify the players which i thought was interesting in that and then lee westwood gave his comments this week to uh to to john huggin and then uh, jaime diaz wrote about him uh, Westwood was his uh, was playing with Dustin Johnson, keeping his scorecard, and he had pretty strong views on how the whole thing went down. Really didn't feel good about it. He was never asked his opinion, and he made very clear that he had a strong opinion because he witnessed the whole thing and and saw no uh, sign that Dustin uh, had had caused the ball to move. And uh, that just added to me to, I think, if people see that, their frustration level with the, the USGA and the rules of golf in general. It just is, uh, it could be a turning point for the rules and, and, uh, and not a good one that people see them as just bloated and, and silly and uh, not able to uh, take into account common sense. Things like, as Henrik Stenson mentioned in our interview, these greens where you literally sneeze on the ball and it moves. Uh, and so, it's uh it's it's i mean i'm I'm heartened that people are discussing it house i think that's fascinating that it's uh but it's 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 not a it's not a positive conversation but it is why we love the sport because it's one of those nuanced things that is interesting to debate but i just don't even see much debate most people are really coming down very hard on on the uh, usga and and the folks who did this and and uh and and i think angry that that dustin's win was a little overshadowed by it yeah, I think if if we get any kind of uh, result out of it, something that everybody, uh, at least in, in my community, would be satisfied with is is more reasonable green speeds. That's the thing that everybody thought was the the primary culprit here was the ridiculous green speed, where you know, and and what's funny is we were sort of conjecturing if if uh, Dustin had just said there was a breeze, it it oscillated because there was a slight breeze, then nobody could have said anything. It was it seemed like he left himself susceptible. Um, by saying, I'm, I don't know what caused the ball to move. It moved. I didn't cause it to move, and I don't know what could have caused it to move. But in any event, if, they, if this whole thing produces more reasonable green speeds and we're going to be at a, the Open next year is at a site that's, that's untested um, for this level of player. I know that it's held a USGA uh, Men's Am, uh, and I think it's hosted a women's event uh, as well. But it'll be really interesting to see um, what we get out of Aaron Hills next year. Well, and that was one of the comments of Slugger White that we we just do need to to throttle back on green speeds. Everybody's in agreement on that now, but uh, whether anybody takes the lead is is another topic. And and uh, I don't know if the USGA will be willing to do that. But uh, it's uh, it's 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 great to see people discussing the game. I just wish it was something uh, that was a little bit more 
positive. So, and house with that, we have to thank our friends at Odyssey Golf. Uh, the last few weeks, we've been talking about Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. And today, we want to encourage you to check out the latest and greatest from Odyssey, the Milled Collection RSX putters. These are beauties. You can check them out at odysseygolf.com. You know, Phil Mickelson, who uses Odyssey putters, has always said that when he hits a five foot putt, he wants it to look, feel, and sound like a five-foot putt. So by engineering sound chamber technology into these new putters, Odyssey is delivering a crisp sound at impact, giving great feedback that matches up perfectly with the speed and roll off the face. Check these and the great white-hot putters used by people like Henrik Stenson last week winning the BMW International out at odysseygolf.com. Odyssey Golf, the number one putter in golf. And house. One last word, we have to thank our uh, great hosts and friends at The Ringer and, of course, the new HBO series, Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons. The show this week will feature Bill Hader, Mark Cuban, and Malcolm Gladwell. So make sure to watch Any Given Whoa. Wednesday with Bill. Yeah, nice lineup. 10 p.m. Wednesday on HBO. And, of course, check out TheRinger.com presented by Miller Lite. A lot of great articles on pop culture, sports, and tech at The Ringer. House, you good? You got some golf lined up this week? I'm I'm working on it. I had an invitation for this yeah. afternoon that I had to sadly turn down so that we could get on to the Shack House. But you know it's <laughs> worth it. It's the sacrifices we make. I promise I'm going to be out on the golf course, and I promise I won't wear a white belt. Thank you very much, and we thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week uh, as we begin the big two-week uh, run here with the Scottish and the Open Championships. I can't wait. Links golf, my favorite time of year. We'll talk to you in a week. Again, we'd like to thank today's sponsor, Ministry of Supply. Their wear-to-work men's clothes like dress shirts and slacks combine performance technology and tailored design to do things like wick sweat, breathe, and stretch with your movements because a job without sweat stains is a job well done. To get started, visit ministryofsupply.com slash shackhouse and get 15% off your first purchase using code shackhouse15 or visit one of their stores in Boston, San Francisco and coming soon, Washington, D.C. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.